coming today. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jeremy Daigle, for coming and helping us and working with us and giving Sister Melissa a well-deserved, well-needed break after working full-time and having a baby. And as y'all can tell, even during Sunday school, y'all can hear Kyla back here chiming in. And it's all of us kind of trying to keep her corralled. And so it's a blessing to us as well as Sister Melissa. Amen. And we're going to keep him as much as long as he and his pastor will let us. And uh, next few weeks, hopefully. And uh, he's got a church. And uh, he might be having to book out a little early because he has responsibilities uh, over at his home church with Brother Reaver. But while we got him, we appreciate it. And I see your response to it's really good. But Brother Jeremy, we, we already a shouting bunch. And so you're just giving us a little more pep, a little more, little change. And so giving us an excuse. And so uh, we will take off on you, you know. Amen. But thanks for coming and being with us. We love Brother Jeremy and um, his family and his wife and kids. Boy, I can't get over those kids, those kids growing up. And they're all beautiful. Amen. And so, but I, I, I like the talent, but also like the spirit. Spirit's good. And uh, not only are we like fellow Christians, but I feel like uh, Jeremy and his wife are our friends. We just kind of just want to put our arm around them and hug them real good when we see them. And so what a blessing to have them here. And uh, amen. And we're just going to, like I said, keep them as much as we can. Amen. Praise God. And I feel like what's going to happen, Sister Melissa, I already talked to her about it really good, and, and we want her to sit down a little while and take a break and rest and take care of the baby. And then, you know what? It looks good with you back there holding that granddaughter of ours, you know. Get right by Sister Crystal over here, and y'all look like the Goldust twins or something, holding those babies. Amen. Amen. But I just feel like the work of the Lord is, is just so healthy and and uh, I just feel some good things that are here. And uh, amen. And Jason, if y'all don't know who Jason is, I, I know most everybody probably does, but, but this is John Sockrider. John Sockrider and Teresa's. Is it the, you're not the baby, are you, Jason? Are you the, no, you got a sister now, young. All right, Jason. Boy, he was a little character around here. And uh, it's really so good to see y'all. It's. I don't know, just just great. It's just great to see y'all. Amen. And I, I think I've expressed this to Jerry already. Um, uh, you know, I just have a certain feeling that God, I mean, I, I try to make it for everybody, Brother Rich, but, but once in a while, some people come along and, and I just like, my heart goes out to them. And, and I just say this in public, we'll do whatever we can for you and your family. And we're just delighted to have you here with us. And I told Jerry the other day, I said, if you, if, if, if you didn't show up, I was thinking to come get you. There's just some people I feel that way about. So y'all watch out, okay? <laughs> amen, amen. And all the rest of you, so good to have y'all here. Amen. Uh, if you're a guest and we missed you, we are thrilled to have you here. This is the day that we celebrate, celebrate Pentecost Sunday. And I'm telling you what I'm struggling with right now. Pentecost, is, it's our deal. It's our, 
You know, maybe there are people now. Actually, last week was Pentecost Sunday, but we had Memorial Day and, you know, all kind of other things going on. And so we just, you know, we just didn't deal with it. And, um, and, and we, uh, we're just going to celebrate Pentecost Sunday today. But our deal with Pentecost is that we could just take off on this thing. I don't need notes to preach Pentecost Sunday. But I am going to try to stay with my notes because I did look up some old history and, and some things that I feel like could be beneficial because we could go ahead with that runaway and we'd all feel good. But I don't know if it would benefit us as much if we just settle down here and let me just stay with what I feel like the Lord gave me. Does that sound all right? Don't want to, don't want to put a damper on anything. I don't want you to get too settled down. But, but I... I you know, I'd like to say something that might help you along the way. Amen. I, I, I'm not going to take a text today because there's too many texts I can take. But uh, why don't you just look over at somebody and just tell them how good looking they are. Amen. Tell them how glad you are to see them in God's house. Amen. That's easy for some of y'all, but then I know one or two of you, that's going to be a task. Hallelujah. That's y'all. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Sounds awesome. <laughs> hey, you too. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you. Amen. Pentecost Sunday. Hallelujah. Here in the grace dispensation, we simply think of Pentecost as the day that His Holy Spirit or His Holy Ghost was given in that upper room in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2. That, that's what we modern day uh, grace dispensation Pentecost people, Pentecostal people, that's how we think about it and that's how we look at that. However, Pentecost had been a promise to God's people for hundreds of years before it actually happened. Now that's the interesting part. In other words, it just didn't just like God thought off the cuff like oh yeah this Old Testament stuff's not working and all that the prophets they're killing the prophets and throwing you know no, now we're going to no no this was this was in the plan amen so we could say Pentecost was promised way 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 back types and shadows and symbols that just cannot there's so many of them that it just cannot be coincidental and I always tell people, you know, when we start our Bible studies, you know, the, you go back and you look at all of these prophecies and we get in a, you know, and, and Robin Connie can tell you that we got a little bit into that, enough to get us interested. And we get into the prophets. Somebody said, what's that got to do with me? Because that's something that hundreds and maybe even thousands of years ago that some man wrote down. And how do we know that it was God? And how do we know that? that listen, the reason because it, 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 it meshes. It fits in. It was something that they predicted and prophesied, and it came to pass. And then somebody else prophesied about it, and it came to pass. And somebody else, a few hundred years in another part of the world, prophesied about it. And after a while, here's the benefit. The benefit is that, that our faith goes up. 
Amen. And faith is what all that we're doing around here is built on. If I thought the Bible was all messed up, if I thought the prophets were all heathens, amen, or just crazy people like Hollywood and some people, you know, uh, portray them, then I'd just be out. No, 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 no. We have to have a solid foundation to build what we're building. That's what we have to, that's what we have to have. And so if our faith is shaken, if our foundation is messed up, then we, you know, we just be out there, all right? Amen. But when we know, amen, that this thing did happen, and it happened under the hand of a mighty God, amen. The Bible said holy men of God spake as they were moved upon, and I'll just add a word, by the same Holy Ghost, same Holy Spirit of God, amen, orchestrated and directed all of this, amen, amen. So Pentecost was promised. Pentecost was a Hebrew feast, amen, of the Old Testament. And to some folks, it was just it, and that's all it was to it. It was known as the Feast of Weeks. But see, again, it fits in, amen, to the big picture. Seven weeks plus one day. I know it's boring when you begin to read all of that stuff, amen. Seven weeks plus one day after Pentecost, Amen. Seven times seven is 49, 49, add one day and that's 50. What it, what it amounts to is that Passover was 50 days from the Passover. Amen. A- amen. 50 days. Amen. Pentecost um, it was 50 days from the Passover. Amen. They, they did that in the Old Testament. And then when the New Testament come around, and I'll jump ahead just a little bit, when Jesus, the sacrificial lamb, was hanging on that cross, at Calvary, amen, the day that he was dying, the day that he died, the priests, the Old Testament folk, amen, in the temple were slitting the throats of those innocent little, same day, on that Good Friday, amen, amen, the the Old Testament was going on and New Testament was about to be ushered in and Jesus did all of that and when he said, Father, it is finished, it is finished, amen, they were killing lambs, Listen, that, my friend, could not be coincidental. They didn't plan it that way, but God did. Amen. Amen. Seven weeks plus one day after Passover brought Pentecost. Amen. It commemorated the giving of the law to Moses on Mount Sinai. And it also marked the end of the wheat harvest. Amen. To the average citizen, Israel... Amen. Of Israel, the priesthood had a monopoly on God. If you wasn't a priest, the son of a priest, a Levite, amen, then you could just forget it. The man on the street did not expect to ever be a part of some deep spiritual experience. But hallelujah, God changed all of that. He took care of all of that. Amen. I've got scripture for it, and I've also got an experience in my soul, amen, that you don't have to be some exceptional person to receive this gift from God. Hallelujah, amen. In their thinking, that would be for some special, proper, exceptional individual to do that, not for me. Then came a ray of promise or a ray of hope from the prophet. Here go with these prophets again. Joel said about 800 years before it really took place in Joel 2.28. Amen. This is where he was crossing over and getting out of just the priesthood. In fact, we all become priests. 
when the Holy Ghost comes on us. He said, and it shall come to pass afterwards, amen, that I will pour out my spirit. I'm, I'm celebrating Pentecost. I don't know about y'all, all right? Amen. I, this was God speaking through a prophet that at some point in the future, amen, there was a plan that God was gonna pour out his spirit, watch how he said it, on all flesh. And the thing that made this, this promise so different was it was to all flesh. All flesh, all right? This promise for this, this dispensation does not allow any exclusions. Amen. Listen, you can't have any distinctions in this. That's why we preach whosoever will. Let him come. Oh, I've been too bad of a sinner. I've, you know, I've been away from God too long. I've done this or this or No, 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 no. No, whosoever will. You, you can't be bad enough. You can't get too deep in sin to be out of reach from this loving, caring God that we're preaching about today. Hallelujah. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I need to throw this in. The Holy Ghost is not something we earn. I believe in living holy and being, yeah, I believe in a changed lifestyle. All of that's biblical and scriptural and we need to, we need to do a little better on that. We need to work on that. But, but, but it's not something you earn. If it were, if that were so, then, then it would be wages. But it is a gift. You don't earn this. In fact, if you could live holy, if you could attain that holy position, there would be no sin in your life. You still couldn't earn enough to pay for this. Amen. So just receive it as a gift from God by faith and then shout with the rest of us and praise with the rest of us. Hallelujah. Listen, the Old Testament records eight occasions when the Spirit is said to be in men. Then there, was, then there was about 25, on 25 occasions, it is said of the Spirit that it came upon men. But the promise of Pentecost told of a day when the clouds of God, amen, his glory would literally pour out his blessings. In other words, it wouldn't just, listen, this is something extraordinary. Listen, we've been to Calvary for cleansing and and on to the upper room for power. Amen. And so the upper room is where the outpouring takes place. That's where the promise happens. Leviticus 8.24. After killing, and I have to put this in here. This might be, uh, this might help somebody. Don't go to sleep on me, all right? After killing the sacrificial lamb, Aaron and his sons, you can read this in Leviticus. There's also uh, another place or two you can read it. Amen. Aaron and his sons, which was the beginning of the priest and the Levites, the priesthood. His sons were to receive a touch of blood. Of course, this blood came from the sacrificial lamb. All right. That blood was to go on the right ear and on the thumb of the right hand. And on the big toe, King James Version says the great toe of the right foot. They were then sprinkled after the blood was applied. They were sprinkled with the holy anointing oil. We know what that represents. That represents the spirit. All right. Amen. Taken together, this was an, you know, an indication that Calvary 
would precede, or the blood and the suffering and the dying would precede Pentecost. The blood, the suffering, the death. Then the sprinkling of the oil, the Holy Spirit. That's how, that's the order. There was an underlying tone of revelation throughout the Old Testament that spoke of something better is coming. We just hold on. We just keep doing what we can do. We can't lose faith. We can't quit now because at some point something better is coming. Hallelujah. Amen. The writer of Hebrews said it in Hebrews 11, verses 39 and 40. Amen. And these all having obtained a good report through faith. He's speaking about the Old Testament characters. Amen. He received not the promise. Verse 40, God having provided some better thing for us. It's not here yet, at least when they were you know, pinning about those people, amen, but it's on the way, that's the idea. It's interesting to note that in Leviticus 14 regarding the cleansing of a leper, just throw this in, it's kind of, another scripture might build a little bit of faith where you can receive that healing or receive the baptism of the Spirit if it's never happened to you, all right? But regarding the cleansing of a leper, that first blood was applied. Next, here we go again, you know, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. That's why we can't take one scripture and build a doctrine out of it. I mean, you know, uh, usually you need something else to back that up. Amen. Next, the oil was applied on top of the blood. This is just one more foreshadowing of the plan of God. It is impossible to have a Pentecost without a Calvary. If Jesus had not died on that cross, amen, there would not have been a Pentecost. There would have been no outpouring. That's why when Jesus in the garden, he said, Father, let this cup or let this whole crucifixion thing pass from me. I don't want to do this. But right on the heels of that, he understood it. He said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. So he took the sins of the whole world to pay for something for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Can't have a Calvary. Amen. You can't have a, of course, you can't have a Pentecost without a Calvary. And then a Calvary without Pentecost is, is not complete. You get all of that. In fact, we have folks who just want to go straight to Calvary. Just skip the, all of that. I mean, let, let me point out, our human nature does and will always resist the cross. We're we, we going to fight that. This is why the liberal do nothing. Uh, you know, we don't, God paid it all. That's why that's so, you, you, listen, I'm not here to, to cross swords with any denomination or any, that's not, you don't accomplish anything. It's always like we say, if you sling mud, you lose ground. But I would like to point out, bring out a point here. Amen. Churches are filling up. Tons of people are coming in. But the message is, I'm not going to mess with you. I'm not going to cross up with you. I'm not going to disagree with you. You just come here and we'll just sing the sweet songs that Jesus paid it all. And who don't like that? Who don't like that I can be saved by accepting Christ as my personal Savior and I can't ever be lost? Now, who wouldn't want to go to a church and hear that said? Amen. We have to be and need to be challenged. I'm not here to do that, but the word of the Lord, if you will listen, it will confront you 
about your deal, the way you act, and the way till you began to start dealing with yourself and straightening some things out. I have to be better. Amen. Somebody said, amen. Sometimes recently we're like, well, I just don't believe a person will be lost. I said, well, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not preaching people be lost about doing this or that. But I said, I'm going to tell you this. I said, you can lose your witness. And God did call us to be witnesses. And, and if you drink a little bit and cuss a little bit and smoke a little bit, I hope you make it. But I believe I'd be lost if I, if I did that. Right, you can lie a little bit and cheat a little and like, well, you know, God's, his grace is sufficient. I no, you may do that and God still may save you. But let me tell you something. If somebody gets a, having a need or they, they need a serious person to get a hold of God in a serious way, guess what? I'm not going to look for me a drinker and a cusser and a liar. I'm going to look for somebody that's pulled themselves apart. That's, that's a witness to me. Amen. So these are the things you deal with. So we resist surrendering and we, surrest, we, we, you know, we, we resist the pain. And, and so we fight against it and we try to make excuses for ourselves to get out of it. Amen. This is why those that preach grace plus nothing equals salvation are so popular in our society. And, and we've wore the old song out, Jesus paid it all. In fact, we're on page 5021 already. New verse add to it, on every generation at least. Amen. Because the message of doing nothing sounds good to us. Or we could use the one, and we sing it all the time. I did it my way. We like the sound of that. The Apostle Paul understood though, this, this whole deal, though. He said that I may know him in the fellowship of his suffering. Now, 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 we could stop on the part where he talked about, I want to know him in his fellowship of his resurrection. I want to know about the power, and I want to know. But no, 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 there's something else you got to add to that. That's fellowship of suffering. That's why Paul was beaten with stripes. I'm off my notes, y'all. I'm sorry. Amen. That's why, amen, that he was shipwrecked and all of these things, thrown in prison, shackled. You know what? Amen. All of that contributed to his ministry. All of that. Listen, you don't have to put trouble on your to-do list. I'm not saying that. You don't have to put sickness and cancer. All of that stuff just comes. You don't have to worry about adding that to your calendar. And when it does come, it's how we respond and how we react to it. You think God's forsaken you and, oh, God doesn't care anymore. And if he did, if he loved me like he said he loved me, then he wouldn't. No, no, no. Paul didn't do all of that. He was stoned left for dead I'm not sure you know I, I ventured off online I shouldn't have I apologize I've been I've been openly re, uh, apologetic about it but uh, brother brother Ruck I, I I went online and took off the thing that you know you, you restrictions and and I went to some you know eastern place and 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 watched a, a man get stoned to death I couldn't shake that I still can't. I can think about it a moment in it. You know, some guy had made a Bible or said something about somebody over there in the Middle East. You talk about a, a rated R or a rated X is what it was. I wouldn't watch that with anybody. I, I mean, I, I, I felt really horrible about it. I said, you know, I just, you know, I just, I, I'm glad I did, but I hate I did at the same time. 
bloody, horrible, with judgmental men picking up stones with a person that was half buried in a hole. So Paul had that happen to him. So I don't know how you picture that. Oh, he had a few bruises. No, no, no. No, there was blood everywhere. But Paul had something burning deep down in his soul. He crawled his way out from under that pile of rocks, made his way down the road, continued on his mission of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not one time do we read any of his writings where he was saying, God, where are you? He knew where God was. God was right in the middle of that trouble, right in the middle of that sickness, right in that jail cell with him. That's how you make progress in God's kingdom, folks. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, hey, if we could get a little touch of that in us, we could build a church that would shake this countryside. Amen. Our kinfolks would come home. Our backslidden kids would wake up. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you, it's going to take something supernatural. I'm, I, listen, I'm for Sunday school contests. I'm for giving away more candy. I'm for, I'm for bringing in a singers, you know, or some special, whatever it takes to get them here. You know, Paul said, I became all things to all men that by all means I might save some. Well, whatever we can do, that's good. But let me tell you what it's going to, eventually, sooner or later, here's what it's going to take. It's going to take a Holy Ghost, spiritual, supernatural move of God in the hearts of men and women to bring them to the altar. When a man knows he's going to face God, I'd rather just take care of things now, ladies and gentlemen, amen, because one day I'm going to meet God. And, what my, and my mama won't be there. My daddy won't be there. My pastor, my bishop won't be there. I'm going to have to face God alone. So I just want to get all that under the blood right now, brethren. So that's what I'm preaching about right now while we're celebrating Pentecost Sunday. Is this all right for Pentecost Sunday? I lied to you already. I will stick with my notes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. In John chapter seven, I gotta, get, I gotta get to the end of this. I'm going. Brother Jeremy, if you have to leave, we know, we understand. Amen, just uh, maybe we can make sure he, uh, he puts his finger up when he leaves. Yeah. What that means is, some of you all black, have you ever been to an all black congregation? You know anything about that? You know what that I know you do. See, I had to explain what that was to your husband. He didn't have no idea. I said, I bet your wife knows. <laughs> I was in Natchez, Mississippi many, many years ago, just starting my ministry. I was sitting right beside Bishop Nugent. He wasn't a bishop then. I was just trying to learn. And we was in this all black, that's the way it was back then. I wouldn't have that anymore. I'm glad we got color in this place. Hey, Amen. We got to have that all-nation service, folks. Y'all got to help me have that all-nation service. Hey, Amen. Brother Swingo, I'd like to see that Congo flag. Hey, Amen. I'd like to do, we've got to come up with something and celebrate our diversity. It's what we got to do. Hey, Amen. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm excited about all of this. But I was sitting in Natchez, and I kept seeing those people. A crowd, a little church was just packed out. And I kept seeing those people, you know, I don't know if they were deacons or just members or what, but they'd start to go out, and they'd kind of stoop over just a little bit. That was kind of respect. And they'd do this. And finally, after about the third or fourth one of those during the service, I said, Bishop, I said, what, what the deal? What the, 
what to do? He said, and he, you know, he's a psychology major and speech major, and so he just summed it all up, and he said, they're telling everybody everything's fine. I ain't mad at nobody. I just got to go out. Is that, is that, would that be a correct, you know? <laughs> so when you go, <laughs> that way we know you ain't mad. You know, just, and you have to kind of do that, too. Don't go too straight. Everybody think you're proud and angry and mad, everybody, you know. And when somebody looks back, I say, no, he's okay. He's all right. Everything's fine. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. But John chapter 7, Jesus attended the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, during this, this celebration, this feast, uh, the priest would take a, um, a golden goblet and... Uh, they would go dip in that, they would dip that bowl thing in the pool of Siloam. And they had a, you know, a bunch of, they would pour it out. And what this commemorated was the drawing of water from the rock in the wilderness. And, of course, the Jews all understood and understand this. But evidently it was during this ceremony that Jesus cried out with a loud voice. I mean, he saw the water and, and all of that. He said, if any man thirst." Let him come to me and drink. Oh, hallelujah. Well, we, we know that language. We know what he was talking about. And, and uh, he had their attention evidently, and, and he continued. He said, he that believeth on me as the scripture hath said. You know, I love that. I don't know. I, I don't know. If, and I know you do too. But, but, you know, he didn't just say he that believeth on me. Because that's a major doctrine. In, our, in the Christian movement. All you got to do, just believe. No, no. But, but he qualified that, and I'm glad he did. We need to listen to that. All you got to do. No, no. No, that ain't all you got to do. He that believeth on me as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. What is this living water? In the next verse, John 7, 39. Amen. Amen. But this spake he of the Spirit. He's talking about a Pentecost. A personal Pentecost. Amen. Hallelujah. Which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Why? Because it wasn't poured out until Pentecost. The lamb wasn't dead yet. He was still around, all right? And so the lamb was speaking. The paramount phrase in this passage is not yet given. That's why you can't find a way to be saved or a plan of salvation in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You want to know how, you, listen, again, I'm not going to fuss with everybody. That's not my whole point. I love every Baptist, Methodist, Catholic, anybody, anybody you want to name. I love all of them. It's not to, it's not to put them down. Amen. But if you want to find out who the false prophets are, you listen to a person or ask a person what it takes to be saved. If they go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they just messed up. There is no plan zero. There is no plan Plan as how to be saved in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's in the New Testament, but they were still living under the Old Testament. Why? Because the lamb was still alive. They were still, they were still slaughtering little lambs, innocent lambs in the temple. They were still burning sacrifices. They still had the veil in there, and you couldn't go back there unless you was a high priest. So right off, here on that foundation, if you get the foundation wrong, if it's crooked and messed up and unsure, then when you get up here, then you got all kind of a mess. 
Hallelujah. Let's continue to make our way toward Pentecost. John 14 and 16, amen. Jesus spoke of the comforter that would abide forever. In the following verse 17, amen, he called him the spirit of truth that was presently dwelling with them. Boy, good one God message, Brother Rob. Good one God, Jesus' name. Amen. He's calling the spirit of truth. I'm, he's presently with you now. But, but that would soon be dwelling in them. Not a different person. Oh, well, we're going to let Junior go do that. No, no, no. No, he's with you now. But he shall be in you. He's pointing to a literal Pentecost that he, Jesus Christ, not the third person, if there was a certain, certain third person. No, no. Jesus said, I'm going to be in you. So when that Holy Ghost sound from heaven, that wind, when it came, we call it the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, but that was Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is God. Amen. There's only one person that's holy. Amen. Jesus said it himself, and that's God. He said he wasn't even holy. He was speaking of his flesh. But that Spirit of the Father... And that Holy Spirit that indwelled him, amen, it was holy, amen. And that's what was sent down, amen, or came down in, on Pentecost, amen. Hallelujah. John 14 and 18, Jesus promised him, promised him, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Who is the comforter? Who is the spirit of truth? Verse 26 gives us the answer. I hope you follow me up there. Amen. I'm not even looking at the scripture here. Amen. Amen. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, that gives us our answer right there. Which is Jesus, which is God. And that way we don't get off of our message, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and him only shalt thou serve. You start getting the second and third person in this job over here, and uh, you know, then, then you, that's when you, you mess up. But if you know whatever spirit, when that spirit moved in here a while ago, I could have called, I could have called the spirit father, I could have called it son, I could call it because it's all the same. Same one that was with us, that eventually came to be living in us. Same one that went back to the father, but yet since he's omnipresent, he didn't even leave us, stayed with us and still went to the right hand of the throne of God. Same one that's coming back and take us out of here. I'm glad. I'm, listen, that is I, I, the word. The word "quicken" is a is an Old Testament or is a uh, King James word. Uh, kept thinking about it the other night. Uh, listen, we have to be quickened. If we don't, if we're not quickened or brought to life or given life then we're going to fall in with the traditions of this world that came from somebody back there somewhere that didn't have much either by the way of revelation and it's just handed down and after a while we think it's truth and we build our house on it. Amen. But the storm's coming and if our house not built on the rock then we know what happens to the house. Amen. The last recorded evidence of the, I'm trying to close. Amen. Shortly. I know it'll, it'll, be a, it'll be a few minutes, but at least I said it. Amen. You know the direction I'm headed in. Amen. I'm, I'm trying to get my landing gear down. I see the runway, okay? Uh, the, the last recorded evidence of the Holy Ghost with tongues. Was every case in the Bible where they received the Holy Ghost, they spoke in tongues. All right? 
This was in Acts chapter 19 in the year 54 AD. However, history proves that with a, without a doubt that Pentecost did continue. So it was promised, then the promise was fulfilled, and now our question is, did, did it continue or that was just, just kind of played out? Can I just deal with that a little bit with some history here? Amen. Amen. So at least we know scripture that 54 and 54 AD folks were talking in tongues. And not only that, they were baptized in water and the name of Jesus was called over them. All right. I hope I stir up some questions and I hope you don't just go off like just listen. If you don't know what I'm come to me. One of the worst things that happens to UPC churches is folks, they go online and they find all kind of things. And when I go online and look at all the stuff that they say we believe, I, I, I usually say, that's not what we believe. Especially when they start believing us uh, that we're a cult and this is what we believe and we believe in Jesus only, and, and which, which we deny the Father because of that and all that. I say, that's not what we believe. That's what, that's, that's what happens. Listen, a, a half-truth, folks, is really, really dangerous. A little bit of truth without the rest of the story is really, really dangerous. And that's what people do. Walk out of here and say, here's what the preacher said. Well, did you listen to the rest of what I said? <laughs> so, so if you've got a question, if I stir up something, we don't know all the answers. But, but we feel like God has given us a revelation. And I'm sorry that it crosses up with traditional believers in some cases. And so come and let's talk about it. Let's come reason together. Amen. And so, so this thing continued. It didn't stop when the Bible ended. Polycarp. Amen. Uh, and, and, and I'm some of you, I'm sure some of you have studied and, and this name is pretty familiar to you. Uh, he had been a student of the Apostle John. He became a spiritual father uh, of a young man named Irenaeus who was born in 115 A.D., so time was moving on, and became a leader in the church in his day. Some of his writings have survived to this present time, and that's saying something, because there's been times when all of that was destroyed. Uh, in fact, like some of it's being destroyed right now, ISIS is destroying anything Christian and, and destroying the churches and the monuments. But he said, we have many brethren in the church. Now remember, this is 115 AD. We have many brethren in the churches ha who have prophetical gifts and by the Spirit speaking in all kinds of languages. This was happening then, so it lasted past the 100-year mark. Augustine of the 4th century was quite emphatic, for he said, we still do what the apostles did when they laid hands on the Samaritans and called down the Holy Ghost on them and laying on of hands. It is expected that converts should speak with new tongues. Chrysostom, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, who lived in the 5th century, was a believer and testified, whoever was baptized in apostolic days, he straightway spake in tongues. Philip Schaefer in his history of the Christian church records the fact that Quakers and Methodists were receiving the Holy Spirit evidenced by speaking in tongues in the early 1700s. Listen, folks, you know, when they said this thing, those first, this revival broke out, amen, in the early 20th century, amen, like it was like some new thing. 
before I read one word of history, before I ever got into it and began to, uh, to study this, Brother Jay, I knew that God just didn't quit giving the Holy Ghost. And my spirit, and I was right, amen. I said, you know, God never quit pouring it out if the conditions are met, if faith, amen, is presented before God. And we humble ourselves before him and believe him. God has always been pouring. It just wasn't a great movement of it, but people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Historians say Martin Luther was a prophet, evangelist, speaker in tongues. The great evangelist Charles Finney. Amen. I get stirred up when I begin to read uh, about what he did and how he preached. He declared that in the year 1825, while he was praying, he spoke in a language he had never heard before. Listen, folks, you cannot bury a work of God. They took Jesus off the cross, put him in the tomb, and they said we're done with this but guess you can't you can't keep God down you can't keep his truth down hallelujah Bethlehem is God with us I'm, I'm about done why don't we listen I, I can I can take off on something on this Pentecost and stay here till tomorrow this time and still have stuff to say why don't we stand together right now I'm gonna I believe that God promised Pentecost I believe he fulfilled his promise he sent it. Amen. It came from heaven like a rushing wind, a mighty wind. I like that description. And we could have said, well, he did that. Now. No, no, no. It continues. We can tell just by a touch of history. Amen. That the outpouring of the Spirit. They, I've always been taught that you get what you preach. You quit preaching this. You quit telling people it's available. You leave out a lot of these scriptures. I asked one guy one time, I said, he'd prayed through in our altar and he was going to some denominational church that didn't believe in this. It was all done over with and died with the last apostle and every kind of doctrine in the world out there that has no Bible for it. I said, let me just honestly ask you a question. What did you do with the book of Acts? And his, his, his head blew me away. He said, well, we just skipped that. We, we didn't go to the book. Really? That's the birthday. That's, that's when the church was born. Amen. There's a denominational preacher, a great guy, love the guy, love his spirit. He's way off track on doctrine. We've had discussions. And I mentioned that in the discussion with him one day. I said, the day of Pentecost, that was the birthday of the church. He said, no, it wasn't. I said, yes, it was. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I said, you want to you wanna have a real debate? I said, that's my candy stick. He didn't say anymore. Listen, listen to me, folks. It was the birthday that God's church was born. Amen. Now, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid the price. But he said, you go to Jerusalem till you be endued with power. Listen, if there was ever a day, folks, that we need power, if there was no other reason than that, that would be reason enough to say, I've got to get to that altar or an altar somewhere and I've got to tarry here and stay here if I have to till I receive this Holy Spirit of God that was promised to whosoever will. For no other reason that there's a, there's a world out here that we cannot handle on our own. Y'all need to listen to me on this. Amen. There's sophisticated devils that's been let loose in these last days. Amen. There's devils that will confuse you. Amen. The Bible said if it were not if it were possible, the very elect would be deceived. There is a spirit of deception in our world today. Do you, can, how can people, if you don't think there's a spirit of deception, 
I listen to the news and read and hear stuff. Our people, our young people, college students, and some of them even young as high school students, they're online. Listen, folks, we're connected up with the world. We didn't have to deal with that in our day, Brother Green. We're connected up with the whole world. And somehow or other, in our good, God-fearing country of America, we have freedom to do just about. Now, we complain about this and that, but we have freedoms here. Ladies, you can drive a car here. You can uncover your head. <laughs> There's young people who are traveling, slipping away, working their way through airports, going to join ISA, ISIS. I'm like, what is, there is a spirit of deception where somebody will strap a bomb on them and say, now you're going to be saved if you'll go. You think our, our doctrine is weird? You think our doctrine is far out? You kill enough people, especially Christians and Americans. Spirit of deception. So to make a long story short, we need that power that Jesus promised us through the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Anybody want any power? Anybody want to receive your promise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here's the, here's the order. Here's what we got to get. Bethlehem is God with us. We, we, we celebrate Christmas and we weep a tear and, or two and we say, oh wow, our, our Savior was born and the, and the angel said, amen, was there called his name Emmanuel being interpreted, God with us. This little baby is God. Amen. But then you go to Calvary and it's, that represents God for us. Amen. Amen. He, he, he's here. He didn't leave us. And, but Pentecost is God in us. Let's, let's, not, let's not keep him at arm's length. Well, I love you, God, but you know, you need to just bite the bullet. Amen. Do you ever see anybody that was, you, you ever run across anybody that was filled with the Spirit and then, and then later on said, man, I wish I hadn't have done that. I just made a mistake. No. <laughs> but I always tell people, you know what, you need to come try it out. Amen. You may lose it, may slip away, but, but, but nobody says, man, I, I hated that Holy Ghost. It was just bad, bad experience, you know. No. Best feeling, best feeling ever had in my life. Went to the altar, didn't know what I was doing, didn't understand the Godhead, didn't understand anything, but I went on faith. Amen. I just followed the, the, the instructions of the people. Lift your hands to the Lord. Surrender to Him. God's got a gift for you. He's got a promise for you. Amen. Wouldn't it be great? Amen. I think the best way if we could celebrate if we had a bunch of people actually receive it or maybe just get renewed in the Holy Ghost. How long has it been, amen, since you just let the Spirit of the Lord speak through you? Amen. It takes it out of our hands and amen. It just makes a spiritual thing. Anybody want to be renewed? In fact, we're just going to, why don't we just open this altar right now for everybody. If you're a guest, amen, consider yourself a visitor or whatever. You're welcome just to join with us. We're just going to stand. If we just stand, that way would make more room for more people. We can move here. We can move all the way around here. 
Amen. We're just going to give praise and worship a little bit more. Amen. Just feel comfortable. I'm not trying to sneak, amen, you down here to, amen, get you in my hand. Amen. I promise you. Amen. I don't have any powder to pour on you or anything. Amen. Amen. Pentecost Sunday. Amen. Pentecost Sunday. Amen. God, give us another Pentecost. Give us another rushing mighty wind. Let it fill this house. Amen. Let us speak in that heavenly language again today. Jesus' name. Amen. Prove to us again in this human carnal thinking that we have that you are God and you do care and you are our friend that sticks closer than a brother. Amen. Come on, y'all. Let's just, let's just crank up right now. Let's praise Him. Let's worship Him. Amen. Amen.